welcome to Night and Tales. This podcast was created during the International Year of the Nurse and Nurse Midwife. And what a year that was. This podcast is dedicated to telling stories of nurses from across our profession. Our goal is to introduce you to the seemingly infinite possibilities in nursing and encourage you to find your true passion within this work. I'm your host, Jessica Spruitt, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Night and Tales. Today we have Craig Bonasic with us. Craig is an occupational health RN. He's a manager at one of the major local automotive companies, and he's joining us today to share his unique perspective and journey in nursing so far. So Craig, I really appreciate you taking time today to share your story and help us understand better what it means to be an occupational health RN because as I've said so many times on this podcast, this is definitely not a role um, that we learn about in school or that we get any practice with. So I'm really eager to hear your story, and I just appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me today, and I, I am excited to give some of the uh, nursing community exposure to what we're doing out in the community with manufacturers. This is great, and I myself have a lot to learn, so I'm really looking forward to it. If you don't mind, just to get started, can you tell us a little bit about kind of where you started in nursing, and how did you get, you know, what path led you to this role? So I uh, am a, a graduate of Wayne State University's uh, second degree, second career program. I uh, had an undergrad in accounting before I uh, got into nursing, and uh, after working as an accountant for a couple of years, I realized it wasn't something I wanted to do for the next 30 years. And so I found, uh, actually, uh, I, I talked to one of the nursing leaders at a hospital where when I was thinking about uh, going and changing careers, he told me about the second career, second degree program. And I, I joined it and uh, and graduated and started out at the uh, one of the local ERs in Detroit and, uh, and worked my way up to a clinical coordinator management position in the ER. And I was really, because I live up toward Genesee County, I was really looking for a job closer uh, than the drive to Detroit. And I, I was also looking for a job with some security and uh, and and then maybe the ability to use my accounting background uh, combined with my nursing eventually. And so I, I just happened to go through the classifieds back in the day. You know, we opened the paper up and looked at classifieds, and and one of the large uh, automotive manufacturers had an ad in the paper for occupational health nursing, and I, it, and I really had not had exposure to it uh in nursing school you know you you always hear about that but a little bit you you maybe have you know heard from family members that work in a manufacturing environment talking about going to a medical department uh but certainly i responded to the ad and uh started working in one of their occupational head uh one of their occupational health clinics in uh, one of their headquarters. So uh, it, it definitely uh, it was a, a unique journey, someplace I never thought I'd work. Well, that worked out pretty well for you. You know that you had kind of vaguely heard about it and then the opportunity presented itself. I'm curious, um, because I've had the opportunity to work with second degree students who bring so much expertise from outside of nursing, did you find that you were able to use that accounting background? 
Well, so it was uh, it was a journey. So I was working at the headquarters of of this manufacturer. So in my nursing role, I would have exposure to all kinds of uh, managers and executives, and and I started really kind of writing down what roles might be uh, there for uh, uh, a registered nurse uh, who has an accounting background. And so I, I started networking, making connections just through my clinical practice. Uh, you know, I would see people. So about 10 years in, uh, you know, and those jobs for nurses, those combined spots don't open up very often because there's not, I wouldn't say there's hundreds of jobs, but there are jobs. And, uh, an opportunity opened up when someone retired uh, who had uh, a clinical role and uh, I went into a management position later on. So uh, I actually ended up managing uh, the healthcare uh, relationship, Blue Cross Blue Shield relationship for the company. And so uh, obviously finances are a big part of that, you know, managing contracts, uh, but then what, what was unique was I brought the clinical background so I could really speak to the, the insurance representatives uh, when negotiating contracts, talking about uh, what coverage we wanted to do. Uh, that was right when ACA was coming through, uh, had just been, been passed. And so we were navigating how to, how to manage that within our healthcare offerings. So, yeah, the opportunity presented itself, but it was a 10-year opportunity and a 10-year networking opportunity that, that led to that stepping stone next job. And then that led to other jobs within the company. I ended up, uh, because I went to the healthcare, I then managed all of their workers' comp, uh, disability insurance, and life insurance for the whole company. Uh, and then uh, over the last five years, I came back home uh, managing the clinics, all the clinics corporate-wide that I used to for the medical operations uh, side of the house. So it's been a unique wow. journey for sure. Such a journey. And all of that journey within kind of that realm of, you know, working in occupational health, but you had so many different roles throughout your trajectory so far. Um, yeah. that's, that's really exciting. And I love, I know the listeners can hear it and not see it, but I love the enthusiasm that you, that you share this story with Craig. It seems like this has been really exciting work to you or work that you are fulfilled by. Yeah, certainly. I always thought, you know, I, I didn't want to feel like my original degree was a wasted degree. I always wanted to really leverage it for other positions. Uh, you know, did I love the clinical uh, roles that I was in, absolutely. But there's always a place for uh, uh, nurses in leadership roles too, to then impact. Uh, I get to tell our story to executives that have never had any exposure to nursing. I get to kind of represent our field to them and, and show them our value in, in other roles. So it, it's certainly been a, a really exciting journey for me. Oh, and that's such an important opportunity, you know, that a nurse is the one shaping the narrative of telling the story of what it means to be a nurse. Craig, if we can back up a little bit, I'm thinking about that first job that you took when you were in the clinic um, and kind of in a very clinically oriented role. What does it look like to be, or maybe 
maybe nowadays, now that you're managing these um, nurses in occupational health, what does it look like to be an occupational health RN day to day in your environment? Right. So if I if I just take a step back, a, a lot of our nurses come to us without occupational experience, and they really don't know uh, what that role is going to entail. So we what we're looking for when we bring somebody in is somebody that has good critical thinking skills, has good triage and assessment skills. So we we tend to focus on nurses who, who bring that to the table uh, because in the occupational health role, you're going to have a lot of patients walk in, uh, a lot of employees walk in with injuries, and you're not always going to have a physician right there. Uh, our occupational, on first shift, maybe they do, but second and third shift, uh, the RNs are working independent. So if, if they've got to have good assessment triage skills to be able to decide whether uh, someone needs uh, immediate care, like uh, we call EMS and send them to the hospital because they have a non-occupational emergency, or whether you know the shoulder can wait to see the doctor the next day, uh, whether they need restrictions right now uh, because they can't do the job while they wait to see the doctor the next day. So the occupational nurse role really you're managing occupational injuries such as lacerations, eyes, shoulders, knees, all the musculoskeletal. Uh, but then people can, just like any ER or urgent care, people can wander through your door with some major crisis going on that just happened to happen at work for them. And you've got to be able to uh, uh, manage those cases. Other roles that we do for comp manufacturing companies is OSHA compliance, so regulatory compliance. We, uh, you know, OSHA says if someone gets injured at work, they want to know about it, and we have to report it, and medical treatment determines whether or not we have to report something to OSHA, so we're the ones making a lot of those decisions uh, of what gets uh, reported to OSHA, and, and certainly we can be audited by OSHA, so it's very important that our nurses learn what OSHA rules are and when you need to report them and, and how. Oh, that makes sense. I hadn't even thought about that role of the registered nurse in this environment. How, Craig, how does a nurse learn those things? How do you learn what to report and how to keep up with all of that and this specific specialty within nursing? So we depend upon having senior nurses and managers who really know those roles. And so we develop training modules uh, for, for them, both in orientation and uh, for their, when they're uh, with a preceptor during their orientation too. Uh, we also hope that new nurses aren't just out on their own working by themselves right away. You know, we, we put them at busy plants where they're gonna have exposure to uh, OSHA questions and injuries that might require OSHA compliance. So then they get to practice it after they've read the modules, uh, our training modules, and they, they put it into practice. And, you know, and then we can certainly as managers, you know, review decision making and, and, and hopefully uh, be able to, if someone made a mistake, we can, you know, 
correct them, help them learn so that the next time uh, those mistakes aren't made in, in the future. Uh, and then it's just, it's like everything. It's a continuum. You know, you, you, you start as a novice and you finish hopefully as an expert. And so we just try to place people with senior nurses who we consider experts and, and let the, the newer folks uh, learn. Uh, because occupational is so unique and you need to bring a skill set with you of assessment, triage, and, and good decision making, we generally you know, don't do new grads uh, right off the bat. We normally ask that uh, they have three to five years. Uh, we, lo we love ER nurses because you're going to encounter injuries that you know, you need that background. That doesn't exclude other areas, but we love our ER ICU nurses who do triage assessment all the time because you're going to call upon that in occupational health. I think a lot of people, the misnomer is occupational is just this easy uh, clinical job where, you know, hey, you don't have to do that much. You're not seeing high acuity patients, but, and, and that may be true uh, a lot of the time you're seeing knees and shoulders and they're not high acuity, but you will be called upon weekly to handle a major emergency of some sort, whether that's an injury or that's just a non-occupational emergency. So you need to bring that skill set with you. As you were describing, even the lacerations, the musculoskeletal things, um, I was thinking, oh, I bet his emergency department background translated really well into this work. And then especially when you think about non-occupational emergencies, I imagine that background is pretty valuable. Um, Craig, you were talking about, you know, in a very busy um, plant, um, you know, in talking about how in some settings, you may have a physician colleague available. In general, is the occupational nurse in your experience kind of the one individual on site? Or would you have colleagues who are all within the same clinic? I imagine that varies considerably, but how does that work? Yeah, so it varies by plant. Uh, you know, our very busy plants that maybe employ uh, three or 4,000 people per shift, they're always going to have two RNs uh, and a physician on day shift. Uh, second and third shift, you'll have two RNs at those very busy plants. And uh, so you'll have a colleague with you, uh, but not necessarily a physician on second or third shift. So you've really got to just bring that, the, that assessment triage skill and be able to handle cases and know when you need to escalate and, and just really make good decisions all the time. So I'm getting the impression uh, that... Sorry. Uh, I, I was, excuse me. I was just going to say some of our other plants, though, uh, we there may be what we consider a smaller plant. We don't have the volume of employees coming through that justify us having uh, two RNs at the same time. And so it is an RN many times working alone in a uh, medical department handling everything. You know, we don't we're a manufacturing environment, so we don't have ward secretaries. We don't have medical records personnel. We, you know, we're kind of a one-stop shop for everything in those situations. And, and uh, so they're, they're handling interfaces with human resources, our environmental health and safety colleagues, 
You know, the, the nurses are, are really have a lot of responsibility and, 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 and they have to be able to communicate both verbally and uh, written very professionally uh, in, in a corporate type manufacturing environment. Actually, what you elaborated on actually just really helped reinforce the point that I was um, going to make or the question I was going to ask really, which is, this sounds like a role that would be really ideal for someone who likes to function autonomously and who enjoys that critical thinking and that kind of, um, you know, solo work where you take responsibility for all of those decisions um, and isn't, you know, as dependent on a team around them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have people that come in and you just know they're thriving in, in that environment. Uh, they certainly have to also learn to work within their scope of their practice, though. You know, know when you're going, you're going to be going outside of the scope of practice and, and hey, maybe this needs to uh, get a review of a NP or physician. So, so we don't want anybody to go outside of their scope of practice, but if you are uh, wanting to work as a registered nurse with some autonomous practice, you certainly uh, will have that ability in, in, in the occupational health environment. I think the advice you offered about in, you know, ensuring and being attentive to the fact that we practice within our scope is good no matter where we're working. <laughs> you know, just yeah. a really important reminder. Um, Craig, in your current role as a manager, what do your days look like? Well, certainly I, uh, like a lot of managers, uh, I, I represent our organization to the broader organization. So uh, lots of meetings, uh, certainly COVID, uh, we became a key pillar of keeping the plants operating during COVID. We transitioned really quickly to public health nursing uh, during that time. So we had to write policies and procedures for, uh, that followed CDC guidelines that went out to the rest of the plants so that HR, everybody knew who needed to be isolated, who needed to be quarantined. We had to develop uh, tracking systems so that, you know, you can ha handle the volume, you know, when we have 50, 60,000 employees that you have to manage every COVID case, uh, we had to develop all those systems. So a lot of policy procedures, making sure that, that we are uniform, uh, because we have plants all across uh, the United States and Canada uh, that we manage, just making sure that we're as uniform as possible uh, in, in following uh, company policies and procedures for things like COVID. But then day-to-day, uh, -day, going back to occupational, uh, just making sure all the plants are, are, are keeping up with their OSHA surveillance programs uh, so that we're in compliance. It's really just keeping an eye on key performance indicators at all of our plants to make sure that we're meeting our targets of what our core uh, goals are. And it's really about managing occupational injuries and OSHA compliance. And so we really watch those key performance indicators. I can't imagine how heavily the company leaned into you all as the healthcare experts on site 
when COVID hit. And I think in a time of such uncertainty, I think a lot of people looked to nursing and to other healthcare providers to really try to help get us through, you know, such um, a difficult time and a time that evolved so quickly, especially in those early days. Craig, that seems like an inevitable experience for all of us who are in nursing. At some point in our career, we are going to need to, as you know, as we all say, pivot or need to be more flexible in our thinking and, and really quickly innovate and figure out ways to still deliver the care that we do. Was there anything, like any guiding principle or any strategy or anything that helped you get through that time as you became such an important resource in such a new way? Well, you know, I, I think you just you you go you you go from your experience i all i can say is i had i not had 10 years in the clinic understanding how we interface with plants and i had worked almost all of our plants uh at some point in my career uh when i was in the clinical role understanding how each department uh utilizes our decision making uh it's really being prepared when things happen, because if you're not prepared with your experience and education and your problem solving, you know, when those crises come up, it, 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 it's very tough to navigate that world. You know, you can't fake it at that point. So you really have to make sure you're prepared to uh, know all of the the you need to have a 360 view of your organization and 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 know where you fit in that and how you can help them because uh, they they were really looking to us for help in in keeping the plants open and uh you know all of our nursing leaders you know they we were honestly working seven days a week uh just trying to do contact tracing uh all of the public health things that that go on maybe in a, a public health nursing situation we were doing uh on a smaller scale for a population in manufacturing so it, it was just really drawing on experiences and and being ready when when that none of us could have predicted it and so uh it just being ready i love that about our profession though right i love that in a time like that, you became such an important resource for an entire industry, you know, and for keeping things going and keeping people healthy. Um, and I love that about nursing. So, Craig, I'm curious, just as we wrap this up, is there anything else you'd like to share with us or any tips or tricks you've learned along the way that you'd like to offer to others? Well, I, I, I guess what I would say just career-wise, and maybe it's not occupational specific, but always uh can every time you have contact with a, a patient uh one of your colleagues one of your managers realize that you're always being interviewed uh you know you sometimes people approach a formal interview and they come really prepared and and they speak nicer they speak more professional but all I would say is throughout my career, I've, I, and, I, and I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back that I haven't made a mistake or two. I, I have, but always uh, realizing that every conversation you have could benefit you later down the road in your career. And if you're burning bridges today because you're mad about a specific issue, it could burn a bridge 
five years from now that you didn't even know you burned and they remember it. So all I would say is try to, you know, always feel like you're in an interview with every conversation you have with anybody. That's great advice. And it seems like a very thoughtful approach that has carried you a long way so far in your career. Yeah, certainly, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities and, uh, and I, I've been excited about it. And, and, and that's why I was really happy to get a chance to share uh, this as I, you know, get into the last 10 to 15 years of my career, I hope maybe it opens some eyes for some of our younger nurses, maybe some of the CD2 grads that never even considered uh, this as a career path. Uh, they, there's certainly a lot of, uh, opportunities if you're looking for them and you're ready for them. Craig, you have certainly been a great voice for this area of our profession and to help guide people in that direction and help open up people's minds to this opportunity as well. So I'm just really grateful for your time today. And I, I would just, again, like to say this is, um, Craig Benasek. He's an occupational health registered nurse manager. And he's joined us today to share all about this unique journey. And I really appreciate your time and all of the insight that you offered us. And you taught me a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Night and Tales. As you do, we encourage you to consider the unique nature of each person's journey through this profession. The views shared on this podcast are those of an individual not the academic institution that they graduated from, their employer, or the professional organization that they're active in. The stories of their career path and progression are not intended to suggest that there is a uniform approach to achieving similar accomplishments, but to open your mind to all that is available to you. Each journey in nursing is as unique as each individual that we serve. We hope you'll listen again next time.